Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Masaro Method. So we're doing something a little bit different today, and I'm talking to Armando Armas, a Venezuelan human rights activist, as well as a member of the Venezuelan parliament. Now, he is in exile, but not the entire parliament is in exile. Uh, some of them are, some of them aren't, and I, I want to actually get to talking about that. I mean, as some of us know, uh, uh, Venezuela is among, I guess, this alliance of tyrants around the world. You know, it's got a close relationship with Russia and Iran and China and so on and so forth. And it's impossible really to understand Russia's goals without also looking at Venezuela and Maduro and what, what's happened in this country where we kind of see uh, late stage kleptocracy. We see, a, we see a government that has impoverished uh, the population uh, where people have fled and where there's there's just a, a, a horrible destitution. Um, so I think we, we really want to get into how that has happened. Uh, is this the future of all tyrants and and and, and so on and so forth? Um, but but in any case, it's very exciting. I think the vision of this show has always been uh, to branch out and to bring in all of these human rights defenders and all these people who are standing against tyranny all around the world. So Armando, you are the first outside of the kind of Eurasia space on the show. And that's very exciting. So thank you so much for joining today. So thank you very much, Paul. I feel honored to be in your show. And I am really, um, I really appreciate what you're doing um, with uh, all this gathering of uh, activists all over the world and, you know, exposing uh, crimes of tyrants and um, and every everything you do, the advocacy, it's it's so much needed nowadays. It takes a lot of courage, um, but if we stand together, I'm sure that we will win. Well, thank you very much, Armando. I mean, I, I, I believe that as well. And before we begin, I'd just like to tell everyone, please comment, like, subscribe, you know, get these videos seen, help the channel grow. So, Armando, uh, tell us, you know, I mean, again, uh, let's assume... You know, I, I mean, I, I, I work mostly in the Europe-Eurasia space, although I understand these linkages between tyrants. Um, but let's assume I, I, we know nothing about Venezuela. And I, and, and I mean, I, admittedly, I know very little. So let's, let's go ahead and just start at the most basic level. What is going on in your country? I mean, what, is, what has happened to Venezuela? Well, uh, let's start from uh, the beginning. So, um, and I, I said not like the beginning in, in our independence history and Simon Bolivar and everything, but let's yeah. start, for example, <laughs> yeah. uh, Venezuela was a prosperous uh, democratic country um, after, you know, in the post-Second uh, World War period. Um, we um, transited the, uh, the democratic path in, uh, starting in 1958, 1959. So from that on, Venezuela has always been uh, like it was one of the or the largest reliable partner of the, the U.S. and the Western uh, Hemisphere uh, in terms of, of for example, um, uh, um, oil supply. Uh, you have to uh, take into account that Venezuela has the largest oil reserves in the world, than, larger than Russia, larger than Iran, larger than the Saudi Arabia, right. proven. So it's the largest oil reserves in the world, period, and it's in the Western Hemisphere. And it was a reliable, a reliable provider 
a reliable uh, you know supplier for for this oil even from before we had a democratic government even during the the, the world war ii venezuela uh, was the most uh, reliable uh, oil provider to the um, to the allies especially the united states yeah so that's one of, one of the things in, in, in there's also like venezuela has like it, it is claimed to say that venezuela has the like the largest gold reserves in the world as well mm-hmm. larger than the, than all of 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 the african the, the gold mines in africa combined all together all together so and in other places in the world and also copper and also um rare earths as well uh as which as you know coltan and many other things so as you know uh it is uh, it has a strategic importance it's not just the energy but also the new technologies that you can uh, especially build the hardware with all these these uh, raw materials and stuff. So, but from the beginning, Venezuela was again um, a democratic um, and prosperous uh, country. We had like uh, the higher living standards in the in the region, uh, higher than every other uh, country. Um, at some point, we had like better a better welfare state than Canada during the 70s. So. Um, you know, so it was the country where uh, many people from different countries, especially I remember I just I, I saw like a couple of movies, Italian movies, right away, uh, that um, they had in their in, in, they, they portrayed Venezuela as one of the destinations where all, where the characters of this movie were towards after the World War, you know, yeah. taking the kids and so on. So they went to, you know, to America, they went to, to the U.S., but also they went to uh, to Venezuela. It was democratic, prosperous. They, you have like this sense of, of social progress. In the meanwhile, so, but, but as you know, uh, and, and we had that for 40 years. So um, in the span of time, since we had our independence during, I don't know, the 19th century, these 40 years of dem- dem- uh, with a democratic regime, it was the most prosperous, peaceful, and where people, you know, uh, could progress. And we had a lot of immigration. But as, as you know, democracy cannot take cannot be taken for granted and when you have a and this this is a lesson learned for uh, for you guys in, in America and other places in, in, in the world so democracy can can uh, be overthrown from within when the institutions yeah. are not coping with the times when they're not fulfilled the expectations or when you have also and we had this as well external elements and external enemies that actually attack you we have that uh, and, and let me tell you something. Many people who, were under- those, who were those external enemies at this time? Then uh, Venezuela had uh, like uh, the main enemy, which is had and it has always been uh, underestimated by the international community, was the Cubans, like the, the Cuban regime, the Castro regime. Mm, okay. So uh, this this is a fun historical fact. Um, in 1959, the, the 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 whole let's say the continent, at least Latin America and the Caribbean. Uh, it was at, at the juncture, you know, it, it was at the, at the crossroads. So on the one hand, you had like these guys who were very charismatic. They overthrew uh, an, uh, you know, a kleptocratic and, 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 and authoritarian regime from Fulgencio Batista. They were you know, young guys with all the, the beers and, you know, the, yeah. uh, you know, right. And, yeah. and, and they, you know, they overthrew, they, they overthrew these guys. But uh, and they were very charismatic and they know how like, to, to play the, you know, the propaganda game and so on. And on the other hand, these are like, these are like, like che, che Guevara type of figures, exactly, right? Exactly, Che Guevara and many other, yeah, many others. You know, it was it was Castro, the Castro brothers, and it was Che Guevara, and it was a guy named Camilo Cienfuegos and others. You know, commanders, and they took over the regime, uh, the previous regime, and and so on. 
on the other hand, you had uh, um, a, a guy like he undertook the presidency in 19 uh, in 1959 before. So in 1958, we had like this interim sort of, of government because uh, military, the military regime was overthrown in 1958. So they have like the, this transitional period from nine months and so on. But they had like elections, free and fair elections in the end of like in December 1958. So in 1959, again, uh, January the 1st, Fidel entered Havana triumphant. And uh, three weeks after, he went to Venezuela. Uh, yeah. To celebrate the, 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 the January the twenty third, uh, which is like a, our big democratic, you know, it is kind of a, a, a holiday for for all the, the ones who shares democracy. And they had like we had this guy uh, named um, Romulo Betancourt. He was the first president of our democratic period, uh, and actually they knew each other before because you know they were the same struggles again authoritarians uh, in, in in you know in, in the region. So. Uh, the strategic mindset of Castro was we need the Venezuelan oil because we already were, yeah. were an oil producing country. We need the Venezuelan oil. And he asked that uh, to, to Venezuela. There's a, there are pictures of, of the, their meeting. Uh, and he asked Betancourt, uh, hey, let, let's finance the continental revolution with the Venezuelan oil. And uh, Betancourt said, no, man, uh, yeah. we're not going to do that. If you want to uh, I didn't want to say what he really said. Actually, he said like, "F you, I'm yeah, not get out of here, get yeah. out of here." <laughs> so now he he actually said, "Well, if you want Venezuela, you have to pay it at international price as everybody else." Yeah, uh, and I'm going to make two suggestions. One, uh, do not get so close with these Soviet guys. That I know that he wasn't he, he wasn't a communist, you know, like uh, uh, openly by by then. And he and Betancourt made that suggestion. Um, and he said, do not get so close to the communists. And I suggested to call free and fair elections as soon as possible. Of course, Castro didn't do any of those things. Yep. And when he went back, he, he, he started to his propaganda and his uh, his speeches against uh, democracy and, Betancourt and so on. And three kind of three years after he organized and he trained um, uh, um, several people from guerrilla movements within Venezuela, but he also sent um, military commanders to invade Venezuela. That's why Cuba uh, got out of the organization of American states. Because, because of the they, an attempted evasion of Venezuela? Yeah, they, they're actually, they, they were actually two. One of them was uh, Machurucuto from the, the coast of the central uh, coast in the Caribbean in Venezuela. They attempted uh, an invasion, and it was not. Uh, it was not the first. It was not the first episode about this. Remember, like nobody or many few people know that the the the, the Cuban regime was used by the Soviet Union as their uh, expeditionary force in the in third world countries. Yeah. So um, uh, they went to you know Congo, like they they sent troops to Congo, to Angola, to Nicaragua. To Dominican Republic, to Granada, to Granada. So when, uh, when, for example, when President Reagan um, uh, sent the the military mission uh, to to Granada, it was in some some people within the intelligence community. They said that the Cubans were helping build uh, a, the, that was by the time would be the largest airport to drug trafficking. So uh, in 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 that sense. So and also they've been in like again the Yom Kippur War in 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 they they support Syria 
they sent actually tanks. They sent tanks. The Cubans sent tanks to Syria to support Syria against Israel. So, so, so Armando, there's this, I, I guess I um. So this is so you've set the stage. I think in a great way. We've got this 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 kind of Cold War dynamic where. Cuba is the Soviet Union's, and this gets us again back to Russia, right? <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the, the Soviet Union's base of operations in Latin America, and it is just knocking on the door of Venezuela, which is, you know, done pretty well maintaining, you know, some level of freedom, um, which is, you know, a, a terrific thing. Um, but eventually, the Cubans are successful, right? I mean, eventually, eventually the forces of tyranny are successful in Venezuela. And this begins, I believe, with the election of Chavez, right? I mean, is that is that a correct assessment? So, so very, very, very briefly, because I want to get on to kind of modern day Russia connections between Maduro and, and how how Venezuela plays into modern politics. But but just very briefly, could you could you discuss how quickly sort of like when when Chavez got elected and how quickly everything just kind of just, uh, I mean, as you know, soon dissipated. as he, like, like, like it, it's very briefly, in brief, very brief terms. So the first travel that Chavez made as a president elected, not when he took oath. So when, when was he elected, elected first? Sorry, when was he? A, so December 1998. 1998. Okay. So, yeah. So the first, so, so in December, I guess, and, and before, like, before he was taking oath as a president, the first travel that he made was to Havana, Cuba. So and he said that he like his vision was to bring Venezuela to that was the expression he used that the the uh, the sea of happiness of of Cuba something like that so el mar de la felicidad in Spanish so the the happiness sea of Cuba that was his vision so and he of course um, had like this uh, strategic uh, alliance with Cuba and then the Russians so right so after. he he very much shares this extremely silly notion you get in the USA sometimes of. Cuba as this kind of successful socialist paradise where, oh my God, their, their healthcare is fantastic and we're, such, we're so backwards in the United States and so on and so forth. Well, it's all about propaganda, of course. And, yeah. uh, and, 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 and it was, apparently it, was very, it wasn't very useful for him because he, was, he died out of cancer and his treatment was made, right. it was done his treatment in Cuba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, 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 so he, does he already start clamping down on political opposition in Venezuela? Uh, you mean in 1998? Like throughout the Chavez um, government? Yeah, even actually, even before, Chavez got his uh, his popularity after a coup d'etat he attempted against when he was a, oh. he was a, a lieutenant colonel. So he was, a, he was a military commander from the army. So he attempted a coup d'etat in 1992 against uh, President uh, Carlos Andres Perez. And he failed, of course, but again, and this is the power of media, he was able to record, not record, like, so the, 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 the TVs by, by then, so the, the, all the media outlets, um, uh, they um, uh, portray him in, in national TV, uh, saying that uh, his main phrase was, well, for now, we didn't achieve the, objecti the objectives of this revolution, but we we're going to keep fighting and so on. So and then he was pardoned by the next president, uh, Rafael Caldera. So um, and they could have done the pardon after the wow. the uh, uh, the judiciary condemned him, if they had pardoned him after the the uh, the uh, the trial, he couldn't have run for president because he would have had at the his political rights uh, uh, to 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 get elected. You know, 
um, limited, but they didn't do so. So, 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 is it, so there's a pretty classic example of someone running in an election openly, you know, proclaiming that democracy needs to be shut down, essentially saying that like, like, well, what, but of course, uh, but what he actually said, like, uh, like, uh, specifically said, like, well, this is not a real democracy. Uh, so representative right. democracy is not a real democracy. We need direct democracy, right. participatory democracy. We need, we need the people to decide. And we, all, all the system is cor uh, corrupt. And we're going to end corruption. And nowadays, as we can see, like, for example, like, I think two days ago or, or, or just yesterday, there was this report, this annual report um, issued by uh, Transparency International, uh, saying that like Venezuela is the fourth most uh, perceived corrupt country in the world, along with you know like Syria and in 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 Afghanistan and other countries, um, and uh, it's the it's the most uh, corrupt uh, country in the whole uh, continent in in America, uh, worse than Haiti, worse than Cuba, worse than other countries. So so, uh, so of course after twenty years. His main claim of, 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 of going against corrupt people and, and tackling corruption, of course, it was a scam. So, so yeah, and I mean, I mean, where and I mean, where else do we see that in the world? All over the place, right? I mean, the the strong men that rise on 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 claims of, of doing something about corruption, only I can fix it, kind of thing. You know, I mean, it's so yeah, sadly, it's this is uh, this is a this is a this is a pretty. I mean, it's not common, but ever more common trend in democracies, you know? Um, so, so I think you're right. It's, 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 it's in a sense, a very modern, um, cautionary tale of, of how this can go wrong. So Chavez gets into office. He begins dismantling democratic institutions, repressing opposition, nationalizing businesses and property. So, so private property rights are, are, are reduced and so on and so forth. Is this all correct so far? Yeah, and also it, it's even worse. But yes, yeah. <laughs> very summary. Like it's uh, you know tackling on on, on media, uh, on you know like uh, in free on free speech. You know tackling on the, the taking over the judiciary, changing the constitution. So the first thing he asked was to change the constitutions because he wanted to refound like to 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 refound the republic. That's the, the expression that like he said. We need to refound the republic. We're going to have like a new republic right now. So for that. He, you know, he had like this, uh, this uh, constituent uh, Congress, which was the model uh, of his uh, allies in the region. Apparently, it was some sort of a template that they had because they tried to do the same or they did the same in Bolivia. They did the same in Ecuador. They are trying to do the same right now in Peru. Just go uprising the people and then try to negotiate a, a constitutional change. So it's death. It's death by a thousand cuts, right? I mean, they, they, he's in office and he starts attacking all the institutions that preserve freedom. Um, and, and democracy, and one by one, they're they're cut out. And then, what year Maduro is his chosen successor, right? I mean, that's a that's a yeah. that's basically a fraudulent fraudulent election. I think the United States does not recognize Maduro as the as the leader of Venezuela. We recognize Juan Guaido. Um, so 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 tell me about. Okay, so so Chavez dies in what year, and then Maduro takes over, and and, and somehow things get even worse, right? Yeah. So again, Chavez died in 2000. Well, and this again is claimed like uh, as every other communist do. Some people uh, say that he actually died in 2012, but because they didn't know how to manage the whole situation, that say they said that they died 
in 2013. Mm. So, and then uh, like three months afterwards, or yeah. four months after, like he's, he's right, right, right. Uh, yeah. The ruling so, yeah, yeah, and because they wanted to have like this as uh, they want to display this full, you know, uh, hero type of show and all the demonstrations of the people, and they had to organize that, right? And bring all the, you know, uh, international leaders, which some of them actually went there to pay tribute to his, you know, his his grave, and 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 you know, it was like a whole show, a whole propaganda show, uh, and this was well. 2013 and they called for elections and and before that he had like this broadcasting uh, with uh, maduro on the one hand and the second uh on second aboard which used to be one of his right hand coming from the military uh, he's now a member of parliament but he had like he was his vice president and member of he's like the number two he's like the uh you know the worst cop so maduro is the bad cop and they had the other one is the worst cop it's yeah. not good and bad, <laughs> one, right? it's the bad, bad and worse, bad and worse. <laughs> yeah yeah the bad and worse so, uh, so that's that's that is the thing we have. So uh, his name is Diosdado Cabello. So many people would say like, and he's the guy who controls or is claim that there's allegedly allegedly people would say that he's the one controlling the party. Now apparently it's less, but he's like the party structure sort of of guy. So it was this guy on the one hand, this guy on the other, and and, and Chavez then said, if you, if something happens to me. Please uh, elect uh, uh, Nicolas Maduro as my my successor. Uh, one fun fact, you know, Nicolas Maduro um, uh, was uh, apparently a union member. He never, you know, went to school or so other. But his studies, like uh, the only the only studies that are claimed that he actually had was a training program in in socio political uh, socio political ideas or something something. Uh, for uh, socio-political ideas, nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it was abroad. Would you would you tell where he was trained in this in these endeavors during the eighties? Uh Yale, Harvard. No, Havana, Cuba. Oh, Havana. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right so in the in the eighties, yeah. the Ivy Leagues weren't totally off the rails yet. That's right. Um, yeah. So so he was yeah he was he, he was uh, there he was so. So many people said that he's actually and he's always been a one of the top uh, like a Cuban, let's say, like the Cuban agents. Uh, they are one of the splinters of the Communist Party in Venezuela was uh, uh, a very small party called Liga Socialista. So the Socialist League. Um, and it was a very small, uh, small party. So the secretary general of this party during the 70s and the founder, uh, he kidnapped a U.S. citizen. So William Frankney House, he was the vice president of a company uh, called the Owens, Illinois, back then in Venezuela, because it was, you know, remember, it was the Cold War period and so on. They claimed, so these guys from the left, they claim he's a CIA agent and we are going to, you know, um, uh, they kidnap him and they ask for like $20 million in ransom. So the guys was, was caught, the guys was uh, was detained. And apparently he was tortured by uh, by in, in interrogations and he died. His name was Jorge Rodriguez Sr. Now his son, now his son and his daughters are like the two guys who are the, closely to Nicolas Maduro. Mm. You know, so these guys, they have like this trajectory. They have like this, this history um, of, of, you know, of, of struggle. They have like this narrative in their head that they're, you know, uh, struggling against, you know, the, the U.S. imperialism. Right, and yeah, so totalitarian on. capitalism. 
Um, yeah. So, so, so Armando, this is, this is, this is wonderfully interesting. Now you, now you are a member of the Venezuelan parliament, but if you go back and try to take your seat in Caracas, you will be arrested, right? And, and, and put in jail. <laughs> well, it's, 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 well, actually I was almost killed. Okay. So, uh, so you'll I be killed if you go back to Venezuela. Yeah, well, they already tried to do so once. Okay. So is it, I have no, I have no, uh, no, uh, I have, I, I would wonder why they wouldn't do it again. Actually, when they knew that um, I, I fled out of the country because I had some informations that they were all, they were just about to, to, to get me I see. in jail. So I had to like, do all, all, all the things uh, that I did and I flew to Colombia. But um, once they knew that I wasn't coming uh, uh, back, months uh, months after my my um me me uh, fleeing the country um they assaulted my mother's house oh my and God. they took my mother a previous she's a retired supreme court justice um and uh they took her to a military prison uh for Jesus almost eight Christ. hours for interrogations so it's uh you know you know 70 by back then uh she doesn't well she doesn't speak any english but she has like me to tell her age <laughs> at interviews she already why you keep telling my age in interviews so but uh, she was like she was back then she was 76 years old so all women um and she was taken um by the by the military to a military facility uh, for interrogations about my whereabouts what i was doing why i was you know, asking for you know sanctions and against the regime and so on and that's why where i knew that after like i couldn't uh, come back and and um yeah so i'm now a political refugee so italy granted me political asylum mm -hmm. so that's why okay. i can't go back if i go back so i would lose my political asylum and of course i may uh, get killed or you know get tortured or something yeah armando let's let's we're, we're we're running out of time and it's been i mean it's been so wonderful chatting with you and learning all this um but let's let's get to the to the in a sense perhaps the most interesting aspect of all of this and that is the way that Maduro and Putin and um Khamenei and Xi have kind of built this global alliance to uh undermine democracy and and further corruption and so on and so forth and particularly the 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 links between Russia and Venezuela I know are are really interesting to this audience so so tell tell us about this tell us about these links I don't think it's about Maduro it wasn't a strategic alliance it was um, forged in the in the early 2000s, as soon as, as Chavez arose to the to, 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 to into power. Of course, the relationship was, I think, was uh, you know the Cuban regime was the broker of, of this relationship. So they since then they have signed over 250 uh, international treaties and agreements, you know, institutional. So and mostly are they, they are mostly uh, regarding energy, of course, they are both oil-producing countries, yeah. and um, defense, arm deals, and technology, and to some extent also um, uh, uh, agriculture things and food and, and so on. So it's a strategic alliance, um, of course. And, and there's a, there's there there are many there's some studies that shows that uh, the when when the Venezuelan uh, oil production was declining the russian oil production was rising so many people would say that, that that's the pay that's the price i'm sorry that's the price that venezuelan regime pay 
in order to have like this protection, this, you know, alliance with Russia. Um, financial alliances as well. So many of the croonies uh, in Venezuela had their, their the, the stolen money in a bank called Alpha Bank, which is yes, in, in, in Alpha course. Bank in, 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 well in Russia. Well known. So, yeah. uh, so last year, apparently, when the war started, uh, so Maduro sent some, he appointed the previous uh, uh, the Russian ambassador, the Venezuelan ambassador in Ros Moscow, he appointed him as a, as, as a foreign, you know, as a foreign ministry. Uh, he was, he, this is a guy who was, who was trained there. He was, you know, uh, educated there in Russia. And, and apparently he said, like, he, he said to Putin and, 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 his, and, and his people, he said, well, we have the money here, but since you're in war, we need our money back. We need, you know, have financial problems. And apparently Putin said, Cameron, your money's safe here. You're not going to take your money away because it's safe here with cameras. And they have like this problem of, you know, sanction and not being able to retreat, uh, withdraw the money from uh, the, the, Russian The Venezuelans bankers. can't withdraw the money that they've put in Russia. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that's. Wow. That okay. That's been, interesting. That, though. That, that's something that we, that, that we have been told. Um, but um, yeah, they have their old, their old networks. You know, they try to, uh, establish a Kalachnikov um, uh, factory in in Venezuela. They changed so before. Um, so the tra the Venezuelan tradition of, for example, the uh, the regulatory weapon, you know, the assault rifle of all the military was a Belgium um, produced one, and, and from 2005 and on, it was changed by AK uh, one uh, hundred three, I think, one hundred three, the AK the, the AK Kalachnikov one hundred three model so it's 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 not just the uh strategic weapons also the the, the sukhoi system they buy a lot of like uh, uh, over you know like over 20 i think it was 25 airplanes also a lot of of of, of mi mi8 i think is the name of the helicopters yeah. uh the, the russian you know russian produced and also man pads um, you know, like the, um, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Manpads, the shoulder, they're claimed, they're, they're claimly, yeah, claimly to, to have bought over 5,000 of those uh, weapons. So, and many others. So according to the, um, to the Stockholm, um, uh, it's called Stockholm um, Institute for Peace Research and so on, CIPRI. So it's, it's like arms, the, it's arms, it's, it's, it's money laundering. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's resources. I mean, yeah. and, and their and their agreement is and essentially Wagner, and, and there's Wagner as well that it apparently is, is okay. providing uh, it, the personal uh, Maduro's personal security. Wagner provides Maduro's personal security. Yeah. Wow. That's so, allegedly, so, so, so then these BMCs as well. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that I had to flee because I was when I was my my last um, post in Venezuela was as the my, my last you know like um, uh, you know yes uh, as a member of parliament was the the uh, I was the chairman of the Foreign Affairs Committee and I started to expose all of this you know influence of Russia and Cuba and how Wagner Group was operating there and so on so of course they didn't they, they didn't like that and they they started to to get uh, in to my toes but um, uh, that's 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 one of uh, one of the things so for example uh, there were a lot of of um, uh, let's say like some sort of a battles and, and, and shooting uh, a lot of uh, conflict in the in, in the Colombian border between uh, Colombian um, dissidents of the uh, uh, unbombalized guerrillas and, and Venezuelan troops, and there are shootings of apparently allegedly uh, Russian instructors there. 
Okay. Um, which you, you could see them because of you know the, the you know the how, how they look you know the phenotype and, and the shootings. Uh, there's also about th this thing about like the military war games that they have some sort of you know military uh, some sort of war games like war Olympics or something organized by by Russia every year. Okay. Military <laughs> games and and this and, and last year for for the first year. They, I think, they took uh, some of the um, some of the uh, the disciplines uh, out of uh, uh, abroad. You know, they took it. And one of uh, one of the the competitions was held in Venezuela, the ones of, for snipers. So this well, gotta, is something that they portray as, you know. I gotta say, Armando, maybe it's maybe it's good they're being taught by the Russians because apparently Russia doesn't really know how to fight. <laughs> you know, well, I mean, yeah, well, I mean, now that I know. we all we all thought Russia other, was a lot stronger. Yeah, than but it is. on the other hand, uh, well, yes, you, you're right. But on the other hand, I think Ukrainians fight better in this sense. Oh, yes. But at least you can give you, you have to give them that they have at least they have the will to fight. So, they, so Russian, the Russians have the will to fight, and this is something that in in Venezuela, for example, which was a peaceful country for for many years, um, and we believed in them. We have a we believe that democracy was the way to go. And, and, and Chavez could have rose into power because he deceived Venezuelan people, saying that he was, he was about to improve democracy, right. you know, for social change and, and, and so on. So um, having the Russians there for us has, been, has not been a, a good no, thing. No, it's, it's a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing. And, and, and everything Russia touches, you know, turns to crap, right? I mean, so, 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 so. Look, I, I, I a very, very, very brief and, and maybe even facetious final question, and that is, that is, you know, is there is there any, you know, uh, uh, recognition at all in the Maduro government, which is supposedly supposedly an anti-imperialist socialist government, right? That 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 Russia, its close ally, is engaged in an imperial war of aggression, <laughs> you know, against Ukraine. Well, they have this um, narrative, you know, the battle of narrative. Let, let's and, and and just well to let you know. So, for example, uh, Russia Today has uh, more like the Russia Today YouTube channel. Uh, at least last year or two years ago, had more viewers than the BBC and the CNN YouTube channel. Wow, in within, Venezuela? Within, no, 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 in Latin America. In Latin America. In Latin America. Wow. So, so they are more, more. So you you gotta give them that that they know their their propaganda thing. You know what I mean? And they hired, for example, the the previous um, uh, Equatorian uh, president um, uh, Rafael Correa uh, was one of the interviewers working for Russia Today. So so they know how to how to do their propaganda. So one of the alliances and one of the strategic alliances and one of the, the, the agreements that they sign is like, for example, they have something called Telesur which is kind of a, a, a media outlet owned by different governments within Latin America. Uh, of course, mainly financed by, by the Venezuelan regime. And they have this alliance with Russia Today, and they replicate Russia Today's narratives in Latin America. So this is what is ha happening there. So, of course, um, uh, there, there's, there, there's no such a thing as, as mainstream... Uh, view about the war, and this is, not, of course, this is not good. You know, for for it's a lot of you know distortion and a lot of noise and a lot of, of course, this disinformation, in 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 in, in the media so, outlets. In, so in interesting. 
So interesting. Armando, thank you so much for coming on. You know, again, this is the first, I hope, of many. I want to do more stuff on Venezuela. I want to talk about Iran. I want to talk about China. I want to talk about all all the ways that these... Uh, uh, dictators, dictatorships are trying to undermine democracy, and this is this is the first one. So thank you for being the 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 first. Um, and you know, let's let's be in touch on this. It's a very important yes, topic. Super. Let's be in All touch. Right. Uh, thank Bye-bye. you, thank you very much, and and thank your audience. Let's remain in touch. So my name, my in, in Twitter, I am Armando Armas in Twitter, and uh, in Instagram, Armando Subhaven Armas. So I'm always there tweeting, you know, and we'll link, uh, we'll about link Ukraine all this. as well. Yeah. We'll link all this in the description so people can just click Superb. on it and find you. Great. Okay? Superb. Thank you very Thank much, you. Paul.